0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I am thrilled to have you here this week. This week, we are slowing it down just a bit um, because if you've been listening for the past few weeks... Uh, we have been having nothing but interview after interview after interview after interview, and all of those have been uh, really quite, quite good interviews, and, and all of them really bring something special, I think. Uh, we've, we've really been having a stride uh, over the past month, and, um, and the, the downside to having all those interviews is that typically they're, they have a, a very set topic, so we haven't really been able to go over a few different uh, a few different news of the day. Like I, I like to do a few uh, shows every once in a while on 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 uh, on news throughout the week and and throughout the month. Um, we haven't really been able to do that a whole lot. Um, my intention is that because I know that there have been s- there's been just so much that's been going on. Um, over the past month there's been the 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 Trump uh, tariffs that he's he's been suggesting on steel and aluminum there's of course been the Parkland uh, shooting the horrible shooting that has happened and the the public backlash that has occurred after that uh, the the March for our lives that that uh, occurred on Saturday the the 24th. Um, and then there's also been the Trump's amazingly horrific idea of of giving the death penalty to drug dealers, um, which I think is just horrifically bad. Uh, it, it doesn't <laughs> it it doesn't slow down the war on drugs. It amplifies it, and it makes it uh, a lot more just just a lot worse. Um, there, there's so much that we have to get into. I intend on getting into a lot of those issues or at least tying them back into, um, a, a lot of, a lot of those issues, uh, during our upcoming candidate series that we will be having beginning on April the 12th. And if you have been listening, I, I have discussed this a little bit in, in a few uh, prior episodes, but our candidate series will be beginning on Thursday, April 12th. And essentially, between um, April and July, this won't be every week, but it will be most weeks. Between April and July, we will be having um, a, a different candidate on uh, throughout the month from the state level, from the local level. Um, from the federal level, even and in the Senate and the Congress, obviously we're not going to be doing the presidency because that is not a presidential election year. But we're going to be doing this ahead of the 2018 midterms. I'm trying to get them all ahead of their their uh, each of their respective uh, primaries and present to you candidates that I believe are worth your consideration. I'm not telling you that, that you have to support them or vote for them if you live in the states that they're or, or the localities that they're running in. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying these are people that are worth your consideration. These are people that for you, I think you should um, dig into them and see if they are, uh, are the kind of people that you can support because um, I think they are Quite worthy of at least that uh, There will be a lot of different people A lot of different opinions uh, Between all these candidates But I, I, I do believe that all the candidates That I will be bringing on are very principled Have a very strict set of ideas That will not be compromising them And that will be the common thread throughout all of them Whether or not they're running for the state house Or uh, congress Or the senate or the governor um, or, or even just you know A, a mayor of, of some town Or somewhere like that the more that we have liberty representatives in not just Washington, but more importantly in the states, that's where real change can happen. I had last week. I had uh, Nick Tumbalides, um from U.S. term limits, and I thought that was a really good precursor, uh, a really good precursor to to our candidate series that that we are going to be having. Because, uh, like we we said last week, and that that's. That their organization deals with a lot of uh, not just Congress, but but also in in the localities as well. So, um, and that's where the real change happens. It begins from the bottom up, and that's really a theme that we have talked about all throughout the the course of this of this program. And of course, that's going to be continuing uh, into. Uh, this this Candidate series that we will be doing. Also, I ha- I am in the process of moving right now, so, so it's going to be sort of chaotic in the next uh, few weeks, at least for me in my personal life, just because I'm trying to get all these shows. I'm trying to still provide you content uh, to the best of my ability, and uh, some of those will be a little bit more difficult than others, but they should all still be... Uh, arriving to you in time next week, I will be out, but there will still be a show. Um, as I said last week, Stephen Kent, uh, he was on this program earlier. He's with young voices. Um, and he also has his own podcast called beltway Banthas. It's a podcast about star Wars and politics. He will be taking over the program, uh, for me as I try to, as I try to move and and get into the swing of things. Um, but but that's that's just what we have to look forward to ahead. Um, I, I know there's a lot of news that I want to get into, and I'm going to try to get into it with a lot of the candidates, because that's a really good way to hear not just my perspective, but, but the perspective of, of somebody who actually matters, who actually might have a say in it so um so we'll be we'll be talking into uh in in all those all the current events and in, in those sor- sort of things we'll be talking with a lot of those candidates uh so that way we will have we will be able to take care of those issues uh, that that we haven't really had the chance to touch on so far because we've had so many different interviews about very niche topics that we had one on ayn rand we had one on term limits we had one on the global liberty movement, um, and we've just kind of been all over the place this past month. But we are finally beginning to to hone in on on a, a, a few very specific things, and one of those things this week, I, I want to slow down just a little bit with you, um, because as you know, uh, or at least I would I would hope you would know, unless you're just uh, some sort of godless creature, uh, <laughs> which I wouldn't put that past any of you. Um, but uh, if you if you are paying attention to anything uh, outside of your own circles. This weekend is Easter weekend. It is, uh, you know, when this episode is released. Tomorrow will be Good Friday, and then Easter will be Sunday. So I wanted to sort of have a one-on-one with you because, one, I obviously haven't really had that since since. Uh, mid-February since we did our, our episode, our Presidency episode on, on Teddy Roosevelt, which I thought was a really good episode, really informative that you should go definitely go back and listen to um, on how horrible Teddy Roosevelt was as a president. Um, but this week, I want to get a little bit more personal and reflect on um, my faith Uh, This one might not be quite as long as what some of the other ones uh, typically are, especially with the ones that are just jam-packed with information that I'm trying to get through. Uh, But this week, I I do sort of want to slow down just a little bit and talk about uh, my faith. I want to talk about um, how the Christian faith specifically not only uh, coincides with libertarianism and, and how it uh, does not contradict itself, but it, it's actually best um, used, both both the Christian faith and libertarianism, I believe, when they are together, when, when you connect them together. Now, I know a lot of libertarians are atheists or um, agnostics, or it's just you know I, I understand where that comes from. I do I really do. Um, there I mean there have been I've, I've sort of had had a uh, I've sort of had a, a, a journey in, in my faith where I've really, really considered uh, what it means for me to be a libertarian in my journey to libertarianism and how that translate into and how that translates into, my faith as a christian and i've 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 tried to really internally sit down with myself and and try to answer the toughest questions that i know how because for me for uh, really when i was when i was in high school especially the the conservative mindset because i i do come from a conservative household especially a social conservative household and that conservative mindset of um, legislating morality and and um, it it just really did not drive with me, and something had to budge, and I was sort of perplexed because I didn't. I mean, this 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 was a many years in the making coming to this coming to this conclusion, but it it really. Um, didn't click for me something had to budge either either it was my faith or it was my politics. I felt like I at least got part of my politics right. So was it was it the faith that I was getting wrong or was it a certain aspect um, of my politics that I was getting wrong? And in a way it's it's it sort of strengthened both my Christianity and my libertarianism but, uh, they certainly did not stay the same that I at least was was raised to believe in. Um, and, and that's that's sort of the episode that I want to provide to you today, the the Easter episode that I want to provide to you today, and specifically how um, I think that Jesus Christ was honestly one of, if not, the greatest freedom fighter and revolutionary, in history and he brought more liberation than any single person we always think of him from a from a sort of spiritual standpoint that he he of course obviously um brought salvation to the world and that much is true but what is often forgotten is that if it weren't for him i believe that we would still be in the sort of world that or, uh, obviously, we would have we would have progressed a little bit, but but the the Enlightenment thinking, um, the the idea that might does not make right, the the, the ideas that inspire the founding fathers, that inspired, uh, or if you're if you're an international listener, the the U.S. founding fathers. Uh, these sort of ideas really did not begin until the advent of the life of Jesus Christ. And I want to dig into that and explain to that because if libertarians want to be serious, we need to look not just at Thomas Jefferson, we need to look not just at um, at so many different, uh, you know, Ludwig, Ludwig von Mises and and uh, Milton Friedman and uh, Friedrich Bastia. We can't just look at those people because... Everything that that they provided all stems from this one individual. It's true in the matter of faith that nobody has had quite the impact on the, the rest of the world that, that Jesus has had. But also it is true in a matter of liberation, of true human liberation that nobody Nobody has had the effect, um, has had a positive effect on human freedom than Jesus Christ has had. And I want to get into that because there's a lot of myths and misconceptions around the life of, of Christ, um, the idea that he was a socialist, or the idea that he just hated rich uh, riches, not, not rich people, obviously, because he didn't hate people, but, but he hated the idea of materialism and, and, uh, and human riches, and I think there is a lot of misconceptions there. But the first thing that I want to point out is that if libertarians are to be serious about their movement, not just just the ideology, but the communication of of the ideology, and if really, if anything, uh, with this show, the communication of liberty is what drives this show we can't just be a bunch of people who sit around in in, in book clubs and start to talk about uh, human action and the theory of moral moral sediments and 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 uh, the Wealth of Nations and the Law and all these different books and and just sort of pat ourselves on the back. We have to expand these ideas. We have to we have to be able to communicate it in a way that everyone can understand and there's only two ways of 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 really spreading ideas. Okay, and one way is horribly wrong and the other way is really the only way that will work. And you have to look at it in the context of what Jesus did in his freedom movement. I'm just going to I'm just going to call it that for for the sake of argument. His modern day uh, or his, his equivalent of what a, a freedom movement was. What he did, and this is something that that MLK took, the, the sort of structure that, that, that Jesus uh, set forward, he laid the foundation of how to be an effective revolutionary, how to be an effective game-changer. And if libertarians want to be serious, we should all heed this advice. We should all look to what he did, because he did not force his ideas on anyone. He did not lift a a finger toward anyone in the sense of force or violence. He did not um, he did not unsheath a sword. He did not do anything forcefully or violently. It was all through example. And it wasn't even through words. It wasn't because, because there's, at the time, everyone thought that the great Savior, especially in, in, in Jewish tradition, was going to be somebody like David, like King David. Um, and at that time, it, it was very confusing. And it, it didn't sit well for a lot of Jews in Israel. Which is why the the Pharisees, why they were so just, they did not want anything to do with with Jesus, because they wanted a warrior to liberate them from Rome. They wanted a, a warrior to come in and be the savior of their people. What they didn't understand is that's not what he was doing. He was saving all of mankind and the only way that he could do that was not through violence and it was not even uh, in, a, in a preachy setting even though he did have a lot of sermons even though he did uh, talk a lot he did have the underlying philosophy of peace and love and truth what was more important to him was the actions of that he took, that he did not reject anyone from their movement, uh, from from his movement, that he was not going out seeking the righteous, he was seeking those who were lost. There's a lot that we can learn from that as, as libertarians, as anyone, as human beings. If you want to bring people to your cause, you we can't just keep going to these these conferences and patting ourselves on the back and saying, well, we just have the right ideas and everyone else is a bunch of statists and they all just suck and just screw them and we're just going to go over here and and it's all going to be great and we're just going to be in our secret little club here. And that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Now, libertarians aren't the only ones who fall trap to this um mentality surely but we do have to accept the fact that we do indeed fall trapped to it and the only way that we are going to to further the right ideas is to follow that message if you want to look back in a, in a more uh, modern case of of how this works look at the difference between um, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Look at the difference between those two individuals, both wildly radical in what they were trying to achieve. One of them said, Peace is the only way. The other one, not so much. One of them said, The only way that we are going to win is if we include everyone in this movement. We cannot limit ourselves. We have to be all-inclusive and, and, and get people to understand that civil rights is an issue for everyone, not just the black man. It's a human issue. That's what Martin Luther King was saying. That's the sort of message that we have to communicate to. What Jesus was saying is this isn't about the Jews. This isn't about Jewish sh- salvation. This is about humanity. And at the end of the day, the liberty movement is also a movement about our humanity. Everyone must be inclusive in it. That's the first step, is creating an effective movement. But what else did did Jesus do that really, really honestly set the precursor to what um, true liberation would eventually become? Now, there are plenty of verses and, and passages in Scripture that point to, to human liberation, and we can get into the history of the, the uh, abolition movement in the 1800s and how they it, it, they pointed to Scripture as their final defense of why the abolition of slavery is a must— We can point to all those sort of things, but I don't want to do that for this episode because honestly, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to bog you down in a bunch of different just facts and and show you all what kind of information that we know. This is much more about using what sort of of logic that we can apply to our faith and understanding the words and the deeds and the actions of what Jesus did. That is applicable to the modern freedom movement Understand that Today we have What we call the nap <laughs> This is one of the One of the most infamous uh, Ideas in, in libertarianism The non-aggression principle This was obviously Not even an idea At the time of, of Jesus Christ when he was walking the earth Hey, this that, that was not uh, an idea. It was not a phrase. But you could say that he invented the grandfather of what would eventually become the nap. Because what he said was essentially the golden rule. What he said was do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is what the non-aggression principle is in a nutshell. What he did all throughout his life was reject the notion that the law and the in this in this context it was it was Abrahamic Jewish law that the law is is the path of your salvation and there were very strict uh, very very strict lifestyles under under Abrahamic law um, and Mosaic law very strict lifestyles that that uh, you had to live by or else you were condemned either in this life or the next. And Jesus rejected all of that because that is bondage that is not the way forward in a modern context we have a lot of people who say that um, that there's a that there's a law and order approach that we have to have to look at things and that's fine in the sense of equality under the law that's fine on, in the sense of um, you know treating everyone justly and equally but when the law is more about oppression than it is liberation that's not enough there has to be something more the perfect example of how he of how he handled this was in the case of the woman who was about to be stoned and he said you who have no sin cast the first stone our job in life is not to be the judge of all humanity that's hard to translate but our job in life is not to be the judge of everyone else our job in life is to let people have the freedom to make those choices on their own and that's hard to communicate that's hard to translate especially back then that was hard to translate because because you were seen as a heretic if you did not conform to these ideas Jesus was the one who set the path that faith and religion must be a voluntary act or it is no good he was the one who set the idea that faith and religion you have to come to that on your own terms or I don't want it The freedom of religion was a movement that was established 2,000 years ago, not, not 200 years ago when it was written into our Constitution. It was a movement of Christ that you have to come to these terms willingly, or else you might as well not come to them at all. That's what mattered to him. Now, what about the ideas that Jesus was a socialist? Now, what about the ideas that uh, he hated, you know, riches and everything like that? He he can't possibly be a, a freedom fighter if he's railing against the rich in a, in, a, in the way that Bernie Sanders or Karl Marx would have, right? The problem is, is that Jesus was not a socialist and he did not hate riches. What his commentary on, now, there is a, there are many passages like, it's harder for um, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. that yeah. There are passages that are uh, existing in scripture that that do talk about the these kind of things. However, you have to look at the context of the day first of all. First of all, wealthy people back then are nothing like what wealthy people are today. Wealthy people today, even in our broken crony system of capitalism that we have in America right now, it's not a true free market. It is much more of a free market than anything they could ever consider at that time. The free market system has lifted more people up out of poverty than anything could ever do at that time. Rich people became rich in in his day. Through corruption, or because they had all the power. There's a reason why, why when you think of a king, you think of wealth, because they owned all the wealth. There was no concept of of creative destruction or rigged entrepreneurship and individuality. There was none of that. In a way, <laughs> in a way, the especially with the individuality uh, concept that also began um in the movement that Jesus was trying to establish when when he was railing against when he was railing or when he uh when he said things that seemed like he just really despised people who had riches it wasn't because You shouldn't own anything. It wasn't because you should give up all your possessions. And it wasn't because you. uh, You know if you. If you have anything. You're a bad person. First of all. He was talking about your spirituality. He was talking about. um, You can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Just by. Being wealthy. That idea that rich that earthly riches translates into heavenly riches that's what he was talking about he was not talking that that if you have a lot of money you're a bad person that is the completely wrong uh, way to view those words and what he was also talking about is voluntarism this is really really important Jesus did not believe in using force. It doesn't matter if that force came from you individually or through the government. You are no more righteous by taking somebody else's money and giving it to the poor than it would be if you use the government to do that. It's about your own heart. It's about what's inside you that has to change. That's not socialism. In fact, uh, I would argue that that the idea of of property rights and and free trade and free markets... That's much closer to the ideas of what Jesus professed. Now, obviously, these, these sort of ideas weren't entirely fleshed out at that time. You, you wouldn't even hear the word uttered, capitalism. You wouldn't hear that word for another uh, 1,500 years. Okay. There was no concept of, of the political philosophies and theories that we know them today, back then. But what there was a concept of is force. What there was a concept of was peace. What there was a concept of was love. What there was a concept of was freedom. And all of those things that we as, as libertarians and, and many, many, many Christians all across the world believe in, all of those things is completely consistent with Christian faith and the teachings, specifically in the teachings of Christ. In fact, you really don't understand the Christian faith and you really don't understand the teachings of Christ if you do not believe in um, in the ideas of peace, in the ideas of love, if in, in the ideas of true liberty, in the ideas of voluntary consent. Those sort of things are what... Jesus talked about it was what his message was centered around if the big picture was was teaching humanity about how to enter the kingdom of heaven all the all the all the details surrounding that main idea Was about peace was about freedom was about free will was about uh, voluntary transactions consent all of those things that are so important to libertarian philosophy About universal truths. Most importantly. All of those things. Is what his messages were about. The idea that the truth is liberating. That the truth sets you free. That there are such things. That there are some things that are self-evident. That all men are created equal. Now what did I just do? I just took a, a, a phrase... From a, a, a quote from Jesus that the truth sets you free and a quote from the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. This is self evident. It is inherent in you. Those two ideas, seemingly too distinct, too very from two very different places, align perfectly in one setting because his ideas are the ideas of human liberation and salvation that's the only way that there is no earthly being that there is no earthly king or savior that can help you there is only one person that can help you and it's no government it's no human being it's all about what he was providing. And that is wildly important. That is revolutionary. That is unheard of in that time. But most importantly, and here's, here's the big takeaway from all of this. Most importantly, what was his underlying message? He said that if you could just take all the Ten Commandments or, or just all the, the commandments... In the Old Testament, all the all the rules that you're supposed to to uh, to know and to follow, they can all be summed up one way, and that is love. Now, how can we translate that modernly? Okay, because that, that seems it's it, it seems very vague. It seems very uh, it seems very like you don't really know what to make of that. In a modern sense. You're not going to take someone's property if you practice love. You're not going to harm somebody, hurt somebody, and take their stuff if you practice love. Love for your neighbor. The ideas of individual liberty is centered in the ideas and the... and the philosophy, not just the feeling, but the philosophy of love. If any of you were part of the, the Ron Paul movement in twenty twenty oh eight, where he flipped the the revolution, the, the, the center of revolution it spelled out love, that's what that was about. Because you're not going to go and bomb innocent civilians in other countries if you practice love. There's nothing loving about that. There's nothing loving about using the government to force somebody to, to, to give up your stuff and give it to somebody else. That's not love. That's coercion. Coercion and love are not the same thing. There is a reason why Jesus was so adamant against violence, because it is incompatible with love. Now, I'm not talking about self-defense, obviously. Um, even, even he gave that caveat. I mean, that's a that's a completely different uh, topic. Maybe we can get into that in another Second Amendment <laughs> episode. But but that's a completely different topic. But there was that caveat for self defense. If you if you love um, uh, your your children or your wife or something like that, you're not just going to let somebody kill you or kill them. But bombing children in the Middle East using government's brute force to coerce somebody to give them. Your stuff, that's not loving. That's not an act of benevolence. To follow the laws of God is to follow the rule of love. And by following the rule of love, you are communicating the philosophy of liberty. Because liberty does not work without love. It doesn't. Because hatred is not only—it's not only—it's um, not only bonding. It doesn't—it doesn't trap you in this cycle of pain and suffering, um, of of mental and spiritual bond uh, bondage. But that's also what leads to violence. If to take a to take a a Yoda quote from Star Wars, this is the path to the dark side. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering leads to the dark side. Well, there's there's a lot of truth to that. If if you if you compare the dark side of the force to to uh, to to violence, whether it be individual or or government violence, all of that stems from the same place. When you let all of that go, it's the most liberating experience you can possibly imagine. That's why he said, "Love those who persecute you." That's why he said to reject the notion of an eye for an eye. If you do not love, it's all meaningless. All of it. Because you're just trading that evil for another evil. This is why I preach so adamantly in this show about if you're a libertarian and you're just anti-government and you're listening to this show, stop it. Stop it. Because that's not what our movement is about. Our movement is not anti-government. Our movement is pro-liberty. We are standing for something, not against it. Because when you stand against something, you are leading with your anger. You are leading with your hatred. You are leading with your resentment. And that is how we fail as a movement. Now I don't want to to pretend like like Easter weekend is supposed to be about uh, uh, about liberty <laughs> in the sense of like the way that we might think the Fourth of July or something like that uh, on Independence Day. It's not quite the same because this is a very different what what Jesus did is very different, but understand that it's also very, very similar and they are connected. Human liberty is connected to our humanity. And so is our compassion. And so is our love for our fellow man. If we don't do this first, government will step up. We're not going to like the way that they address these things. So this Easter weekend, as you are gathering with family, especially if you're of the Christian faith. If not, I hope that this is... If, if you're not a Christian, perhaps you're... Um, an atheist or an agnostic or some other faith maybe a muslim or or something um jewish or whatever it is i hope this at least uh, softens the idea that <laughs> that all religion is is just about force and chaos um when that's not what it's truly about at least not christianity christianity is about love and so is liberty which in my mind, that makes the two inseparable. I hope that at least uh, helps with, with the idea in your mind as well. So if you are of, of the Christian faith and you're listening to this show uh, this weekend, I hope you remember that. I hope I hope that whenever you are um, trying to communicate the ideas of whichever side of the coin it is, either either your faith, or your political philosophy, let this be a compass for you. Just, just understand that um, the ideas and the teaching of Jesus is the way that we win as a movement. Regardless of what the issue is, that is how we win. That is the program for this week uh, I hope you enjoyed it I, I do this every time I say it's going to be like maybe you know, 15, 20, maybe 25 minutes And it's the same length As every other time Because I start talking and get riled up um, Next week As I said Stephen Kent is going to be joining the program Taking over for me because I'm going to be moving and, and pulling my hair out Because I'm going to be trying to figure out Everything that I have to do um, The week after that We are going to be beginning our Liberty Candidate series, and then uh, we're going to have an environmental episode for Earth Day, which will be very fun. It's going to be about the environment and the free market and how the two are not at odds with each other, much like how uh, libertarianism and Christianity are not at odds with each other, Um, as, as much as a lot of people try to separate the two. And then after that, we will be continuing our Liberty Canada series into May and into June, um, and it's just going to be a really good time throughout throughout the uh, the rest of, of spring and into early summer. And then we will be having some very big announcements later in spring that you will have to stay tuned for because um, this fall is going to be really incredible i i i can't tell you too much about it yet but here in about a month or two you will be really excited to hear what we have in store so uh if you are on twitter please follow me on twitter at caleb franz follow the show on twitter at mill liberty uh, follow us and sub- or excuse me, subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode or an update. Uh, it it really means so much to us that you that you subscribe to us. Check us out uh, on iTunes and give us a rating, give us a review. Um, we really appreciate all of your support. Uh, it it really means a lot to me. Um, and please, uh, if you really support us, check us out on Patreon at Outset Network. Um, and we, we could really use the support. We're uh, trying to do a lot of great things for the liberty movement, for the greater conservative libertarian movement, um, and, and we're trying to, uh, to provide a voice for, for, for people who previously did not have one, um, and we have a lot of, a lot of big plans for that. So please consider giving us your support on Patreon. And until next week, actually not until next week because I will not be here, but uh, please still listen next week uh, as Stephen Kent fills in for me. And until the week after that, we'll see you.